welcome to Scaling with Disha, the show that helps online entrepreneurs to scale their business to six figures and beyond without the hustle or the overheads. I'm your host, Disha Waddup, and I'll be here each week to remind you that you can do anything you set your mind to. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scaling with Disha. I am so excited that you're here and we today we have Anna and Anna is amazing. <laughs> uh, so Anna has been described as a renaissance woman and working with her it's easy to see why. Her insatiable curiosity combined with experience in different disciplines has fueled her creative mind and her infectious energy spills over into everything she touches. She'll infuse some magic into your branding, but keep everything grounded by pairing it with practical, powerful, and proven strategies. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So tell everybody more about you. How did you become a branding specialist and what is your jam? So it's a long story <laughs> um, with lots of twists and turns, but I'll, I'll try and give you a, a brief version. So um, I actually was in the corporate world for 18 years. I was um, an engineer. I worked um, in operations. I used to troubleshoot network issues on sort of large global networks. And then I moved into designing these networks. And then I moved into selling these networks. And I'd, I'd kind of like... Um, I'd worked my way up over the years and was in quite senior positions. But throughout the whole of that time, I always felt like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. I, um, I was always a very creative um, child and um, always loved the arts. And it's a very long story, but I, I ended up in sort of engineering and IT and um, it was really good. I learned loads of things, but it wasn't kind of didn't fill my soul. You know, it didn't really light me up. So when I had my son, um, Charlie, bless him, he's 13 now. When I had him, I started taking a lot of photos of him. A lot of my friends, all oh, you know, they're quite cool. So I thought, you know, just on a whim, I thought I'd start a photography business. So I went down the local um, baby clinic, put some flyers up, um, went back the next week and I got my first client. And I was growing that business and learned all sorts about marketing and how to brand myself, how to stand out, you know, with you know uh, against the kind of the other photographers in the local area loved it I was really enjoying it um unfortunately um Charlie's dad and I um split up just before Charlie turned two I went back to the corporate world I think once you've had your own business it's really hard you know to go back to working for somebody else again so that my entrepreneurial dreams were calling and I left um, again in 2016 and I've been running my business you know full-time since then and I started off again actually doing the photography. I was doing a lot of family shoots at the time. And then I was going to a lot of networking groups, met a lot of women there who wanted shoots, personal branding shoots. And when I kind of was taking them through my pre-consultation and chatting to them about, you know, what vibe they wanted to create, you know, what their look and feel was, I kind of discovered that they actually hadn't kind of gone through a branding exercise. So I found that I was helping them with their branding um, and with business. And I fell into doing personal branding shoots, which then evolved into doing, you know, the branding, you know, the whole branding. So looking at the copy, looking at the imagery that they use and the photography. And yeah, the more I learned about the subject um, and the more I worked with clients, I just thought, no, this is it. This is the thing that I really love. It combines so many different things that that really light me up. 
I love how you just went, I'm just going to create a photography business on a whim. Go down and stick up a poster and see how it goes. Yeah, I know. It's, um, you know, I sometimes think a lot of people, you know, we can overthink it. And I do. I, I'm guilty of overthinking things too. But it can be as easy as that. It can be as easy as just, you know, you have a skill at something. You go where your ideal client are. My ideal clients were mums. I went down the baby clinic. I put a poster up, chatted to the mums. And the next week I had my first clients. So it wasn't difficult. Um, it's so simple, isn't it? When you when you put it like that and you say, just just put stuff into action, go and ask people if they want to buy from you. Yeah, Super. it is. People, I think people tend to overcomplicate a lot of things when they start starting a business and you've just proven it. They can just stick a poster up and get some clients and <laughs> build a profitable business. It seems kind of silly, doesn't it? Um, it seems, but it's just, you have to take action you know for you you can have ideas you can try and make it the most perfect um you know you can try and make it perfect but until you actually go out there and take action you don't know what will happen you don't know what people respond to and I think it's by taking action the next step becomes clearer yeah what do you think is the thing that's helped you scale through growing all of your separate businesses and coming out of corporate and building another business (laughs) So I think the first thing is joint ventures. So I think I really learned how to collaborate with other businesses. So when I think back to uh, my photography, I, you know, I started to think, you know, where did my ideal clients hang out? So first of all, I kind of like approached the baby clinic. The next people I spoke to were the local NCT. So the, the childbirth groups, um, and I would offer to go along to their sessions and set up, you know, my my little studio and take um, shots of the children there and I'd give them a commission. So that was, you know, that was a good way of finding clients. I did collaborations with local hairdressers. I did collaborations with fitness instructors. Um, so I just went where, you know, my people were, you know, where the ideal client was. And I think just go along with ideas to the people and if they're business owners, you know, they, they like ideas. So, um yeah, I think I, that was, that that's, was the that's a great thing. idea to uh, to go to people with an idea. And, and that's the difference, isn't it, between a collaboration and when people say, oh, do you want to collaborate? And I'm like, OK, what do you want to do? And then like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that, having an idea of what you want to do together before you even approach them is probably one of the key things to knowing whether they're going to say yes it's going to be a win-win for both I guess yeah exactly I think that's exactly what I was thinking you know try and make it a win-win for them you know if, if you've got an audience that you can bring to them you know that so it's it's helping promote both of you or if it's not helping promote both of you, you know there's there's cash you know there's um you know, they get commission for helping you. So I did a lot of work with nurseries and schools and they would always get, you know, commission for me going along and, and doing my photography in their in their places. So has it ever gone bad for you doing collaboration? No, I don't think bad. I think maybe some of them didn't turn out as well as I'd hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of a learning curve, you know, what didn't work? What can I improve? What could I do differently? But none of them, I'd say, none of the relationships that I had, you know, I was growing with people, none of them turned bad. It was just a learning curve, really, on how I could do things differently. And also what I liked, because, you know, some of the collaborations I found more enjoyable than others. And I kind of narrowed down, you know, my ideal client who I'd like to work with more. So, no, it was all it was all good, really. 
Nice. And what do you think something else that helped you scale over the over the years of growing your business? What what's made a difference to you? I I'm just thinking I did make some notes. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um I think, yeah, I think one of the things you hit on quite quickly is um having you can have one-off services and you it's a lot of effort to go out and find clients and you know you you sell the service and it's great but you want to kind of be thinking about you know your cash flow and it's really nice to be able to sort of create some predictability with your cash flow so with my photography business I I mean in the things that I started to do was um a shoot um, aimed at pregnant women so I would um, do a bump shoot and I would package into the bump shoot that they would have a newborn shoot and then they would have a first birthday shoot so you know once you've got the first client you've got them for the year and you can you can um, you can set the payments for the different shoots at different points during the year so you you know you have some predictability Um, that's a fantastic idea I've never thought of photographers doing that but what a brilliant idea yeah I did scratch my head a lot to try and create some um some uh some some predictability so another thing that I did with my personal branding and and sort of corporate shots because I did a lot of work with corporate clients too I came up with a a kind of a PR package because I when I started working with the clients they initially called me to do one kind of set of work I did some oh headshots actually the headshots for some publicity for a magazine got chatted to them I ended up doing the headshots for the whole company and then I went back with you know a PR package where they could call off they'd have a some set number of um shots over the year and they could call off the shots so it was again that I knew that and they you know it was a fairly big company so I knew they'd be calling off a shot every month and you know you get a few of those companies again you, you start to create some predictable income so do you think that there is a market for remote work in photography or is it very location specific as the world has gone over the last year do you think that's made a massive in impact in the photography world or have has it sustained online yeah I think some photographers have you know have gone down the route of doing um online shoots I chose not to I um I didn't want to for a few reasons, mainly because I didn't think I could get the quality that I wanted for the people on online shoots. And and also I was ex- I was taking my branding work that I was doing with clients online. So I was very focused on building up my branding side of my business when COVID came along. Um, I think there'll always be, you know, we've got the internet, we live in such an incredible time. I think there's all, there'll always be opportunities to do, you know, shoots online, personally, I'm I'm not a huge fan of them, but you know they work for some people, and yeah, yeah. I know you've travelled for shoots as well. Do do you travel often for shoots? Is that something? Yeah, I mean, this was something unexpected. Um, this this was this is the amazing thing about growing a business. You just don't know where it's going to take you. So I I think I I mean I just I with social media photography is great because you've got some very visual things you can share on social media. So I had a lot of people see my photography and then approach me for projects you know I had one lady who runs um well she's quite incredible she's got a few businesses actually she's a she's a dentist but she runs a travel business too and she loved my work and she asked me if I would go to Romania and she wanted some 
uh, photos of Romania and different places that she took her clients there to create, you know, marketing material. So I went out to Romania twice, actually, and did some work with her, some photography work and got to travel around Romania. And I got to take my son with me. Um, wow. I had shoots. I've had shoots out in Nice, um, in France. Um, I've had shoots out in Lanzarote. I've had shoots in Hungary. So, yeah, I've got to travel. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'd love an excuse to travel. I think I went I went and met a client in Cambodia once for a yoga retreat. That was quite cool. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> but that's as that's as frequent as my traveling has gone one once for a client. That's it. <laughs> uh it's quite it's exciting. I think it's exciting. I think we're and we, we can do so many things, uh, you know, because of we have clients all around the world, you know, we can, you know, we can talk about that we're running a retreat somewhere and like where we want to go and have a retreat. Perhaps we want to go and visit somewhere and then we can promote it and get people there. And, oh, it's, yeah, it's exciting. I can't wait for everything to open up again, really, once COVID's finally gone. Yes. So what do you think people can implement in their business to help them scale? So I think, I think, first of all, I think with branding, I think a lot of people um, perhaps are new to business may think that um, branding is your logos or your colors. I think you really have to stand out online. And I think it's not just your logos and your colors. You have to make you know you have to make people feel something so I think you know if you think about someone that you admire in your field you know what would you describe how would you describe them you know would you describe them you know with their colors their logo or would you describe you know how they make you feel the impact they have you know what they stand for and so I think you really branding is really to me branding is really about creating a feeling it's creating a connection and obviously you can do that with you know the words that you use and you can do that with the imagery you use and um, whether that's written words or whether that's spoken words and you can create a vibe really so I think branding is one way of you know standing out um online um, and you do that with the, your words and, and your imagery how do you pick your imagery or words that you use for your branding is it something that you just come up with at the top of your head or is there a process that you take your clients through that people can start to sort of think about yeah so I, I do have a process um as you might see I've, I've kind of like birds are kind of my thing and so I take people through a three-stage process the first is called your flight and we kind of really look at you know the mission you know what you want to create in the world you know um what your values are what lights you up um and then before we start even looking at anything else and then the next section is and we look at your ideal client and we look at you know who they are um and one th really important thing I would say is thinking about, you know, psychographics when you when we think about our ideal clients rather than demographics. A lot of people will look at creating something around demographic. Um, so their age or their gender. Um, I think psychographics, you know, really understanding, you know, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're doing or um, before working with you and after working with you. Um, so we look at all of that. Then we look at um, your visual identity, which I think is your plumage. So we look at, you know, um, the colours that you use and there's all sorts of psychology around colours. It's fascinating actually when you dive into it. Um, and then there's fonts and the fonts you use. Oh God, there's so, it's, there's so much research being done on different fonts and the, the feel that fonts can have. Um, you know, a soup company looked at, you know, they had a, a, 
a group of people into tests and they used different fonts on the soup and they gave them the soup to 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 try and the the fonts affected how creamy and how tasty they thought the soup was so wow. yeah it's just it's fascinating um just fonts you never would believe how much how much goes into fonts um so that and then we look at photography and we look at imagery and images can create a feeling with people you know I think we, we try to narrow down, you know, what feelings you want to create with people. Do you want to create an energetic, warm, lively feeling? And then we look at imagery and colours that can go with that. Or do you want to create a, a calm, peaceful, safe place for people, you know, to to come into your world with? And then we, we look at imagery and words. And so it's kind of using everything that we have at our disposal um, to create this this feel this vibe so people coming into your world you know that's what they'll that's what they feel when they when they come across you I I love the way that you take that through on stages and take people through those different things that and that you've named them after birds that's yeah <laughs> oh yeah I, I forgot the last one so it's your song so your song's the final stage and that's all about your message your messaging it's your copy it's your your brand vocabulary it's your brand stories um yeah so it's yeah. Do you think that people have to change their vocabulary for their branding or do you think their branding should represent their vocabulary? So I think it depends. People are creating different companies. So I think if you're creating a personal brand around you, I think it's very much, you know, listening to who you are. So I would get um, clients to sit down and record themselves and get them to, you know, record their vocabulary that they would normally use. And I think it's, you know, you build something very much around you because if you're not creating something around you, it's going to be very difficult to keep up this facade of being something that you're not. So I think there's the kind of the real personal branding. And then I think there's the brand where you're creating a brand around a product or a service and it's you're not the kind of the, the figurehead or you're not the brand. And then I think it's, it's you know, you kind of almost give that brand a personality um, and you think about the colours and the vibe and, you know, what how you want that that brand to come across um so that's really powerful actually I think when I used to work in digital marketing agency and we had all the variety of different clients you're creating content for and and putting stuff out there and knowing the different individual personalities of each brand before you start to create that content for that person and I would I wouldn't create content for multiple people in in one hour or one day even because I'm like I'm, I'm in that headspace now of this particular client I'm like I've got to create this content because I'm in that headspace now whereas if I was to flick between the two I often merge the the voices and the branding behind it and I'm not in the right space for those those different brands yeah no completely so I think it's really good to have um like a brand blueprint so I create a brand a brand blueprint and get my words out for people and it's really useful for them for them just to have everything in one place but also they can then give it to graphic designers or they could give it to copyrights they can give it for, to photographers so you know if you're working with a few different people you can keep everything you know coherent so if you are somebody who's like you say you know working with a few different clients is have that the brand blueprint the brand voice and everything in front of you and read that you know before you you kind of get down to doing work for them I like the idea of a blueprint. I know there's when we're working when you're working with designers, they're like, oh, I'll give you a mood board or a design board or how you to use the logos and that sort of stuff. But mm -hmm. a blueprint where it goes into the voice and the language to use, that would be awesome. I haven't seen a lot of brands do that. So that is really powerful. 
Yeah, no, it, so it's, it's, it's that exactly, it encompasses everything. So it includes the, the mission statement, you know, it includes, um, we go, I use brand archetypes with clients. So it includes, includes your brand archetype, includes your mood boards, it includes your briefs um, to, you know, um, photographers. Oh, it includes, yeah, it includes everything. It's, yeah, they're cool. I love putting them together. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. I'm very intrigued by that. That's, that's cool. Um, so what can people do to work with you? How can they get in touch with you? So um, they can go to shakeyourtailfeathers.com. Shake <laughs> um, I have different offers. So one of the services that I um, I'm currently working on at the moment and I love is called Your Song actually and it's a um, six week confident copywriting um, and yeah that's that's something that I'm really excited about at the moment um, I think the next one kicks off in June but um, yeah they, they I run them two or three times throughout the year so you can keep an eye out for that um, fantastic we'll, we'll drop the links below mm -hmm. so I have my random fun questions for you so what does, what do you do for fun? So I love nature. I'm a bit of a tree hugger. Um, I like getting outside. I like walking. Um, I love, you know, I just love being outside. I've become quite a geek over lockdown. I've got really into foraging. So foraging mushrooms and different <laughs> plants that I can eat. Um, yeah. So I, I love being outside. And what does freedom look like for you? Oh, freedom is... Freedom is being able to do, follow my creative passions. So I've got lots of things that I'm passionate about. So freedom to me is financial freedom, which gives me the time and the space to follow, you know, follow the things that I love. And what was one huge personal goal that you want to take off? Yeah, so I am also an artist and I would love to get my art into White Walls galleries. So they've got a few galleries across the UK. Um, I did approach them a few years ago and I was rejected, but I think I've progressed since then. And, um, you know, so I'm going back to them. And yeah, so that's that's one big thing for this year I'd love to achieve. Yes, that would be amazing. I'm excited for you to get take that off. Yeah, hey. thank you. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining us thanks for coming on and uh we'll drop all the links so you, everybody can check out anna below um and yeah we'll see you next week for another episode of scaling with disha bye thank you so much for tuning in today and i really hope that you genuinely learned something from today's episode if you found this episode useful, then please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. I personally read each and every one. Until next time, bye.